0: Thanks, uh, Mike, for coming to speak to us today. I just had a, a, a comment and maybe... An Your question. name, please. Oh, sorry, Jean Olekson. Thanks,
1: Mike, for coming. Um, my question is in regards to uh, Indian and Northern Affairs Canada and the I.O. Uh, inter, uh, Indian Oil and Gas Canada. Have they... I
0: understood that they had a fiduciary responsibility to the blood tribe. Have they... Given up on this fiduciary responsibility, or are they, how are they going to carry this fiduciary responsibility out?
1: I think we're at a crossroads right now. They've never really had an intense questioning, follow up, uh, watchdog effect as they've had from the coalition or uh, blood band members that uh, are against this hydraulic fracking. You are right. They're supposedly are the people for the fiduciary responsibility and trust to protect us. But the Indian oil and gas, like I say, the first major uh, concern, and, and, it's, and again, maybe it's not their fault, but when the paperwork from chief and counsel through a BCR was given over to KRI, and I've got another overhead uh, that I didn't uh, uh, bring out or PowerPoint, the structural chart, uh, the organizational chart. KRI was given the right to negotiate. And then so once these negotiations are, the permits, leases, what have you, right of are then, uh, <clears throat> I guess, studied and uh, uh, read over by Indian oil and gas. If they seem that uh, and deem that it's, it's okay, they then get back to... Uh, the, uh, uh, the tribe, KRI, and the oil companies. So through our line or my line of question, the, the question I had <clears throat> in specifically for terms of fracking, and this is at the open house before uh, Christmas in standoff, I asked the two reps from Indian Oil and Gas, uh, can you provide me with regulations? You give me your card, and they said they didn't have any that they relied on ERCB, and the guy, I think his name is Daniel, turned to Susan, "Uh, geez, we need to update uh, these types of regulations. I wasn't the only one standing there. There were other people. And to me, that uh, uh, fiduciary trust responsibility is very fragile and fragmented. The people that are supposed to protect you don't even have the regulations to protect you. And so that is why there's a void and a gap in all these regulations because of the new methods and technology coming with hydraulic and fracking drilling. You know, there's no laws or regulations that are matching underground. And so there's a gap now. And again, as mentioned, Brian from ERCB was supposed to be here. If he was there, I I would really wanted him to guide me through, say, Mike, this is how the process works, and this one. We're still at a blank. And like I said, not only me now today, but all of you still have yet to be given the straight answer. So hopefully I answered that. It is not happening. It is very questionable, the fiduciary responsibility and trust by Indian Affairs.
0: Mike, thanks for coming. Knut Peterson is my name. Uh, Can you fill us in on... uh, has there been any water testing done to get benchmark uh, readings on for all these uh, possible pollutants that may be coming down the pipeline? Uh,
1: again and again, some of my colleagues here from the coalition, no, there's not. There has not been any water testing done, because I know some of the people that have been approached that uh, you know through their. Uh, uh, that they're going to be drilling in their acreage or close to their house. I just received, or actually for a while now, received the, the assessment, environmental, environmental assessment from MWH, uh, Canada Incorporated, who did the assessment. And it, here it states that there needs to be water testing prior to that, prior to any drilling. Right now, I think they're going to do it, and I'll tell you why. Because we're telling them now, they know now that there's some prerequisites that I don't think they've ever followed in previous lease and uh, arrangements prior to this today. Now they know. Geez, people are asking questions and too many questions, and we need to keep them quiet. I think we need to water test. If they don't, then they've just caused another, you know, infraction of regulations. So, in this uh, preliminary. Uh, assessment for the first uh, drilling and the right away for roads, it's stated in there. So all of us here, those that know that they're going to be or have drilling taken by their house, ask it, test my water. But here's, I sat back last night thinking about it. What if they change the readings on the test? You know, there's nobody monitoring the monitor. I thought about that and... I don't know if we're ever, ever going to have the solid truth of any entity, consultants, specialists related to oil and gas companies. They're the big people.
0: Hi, Mike. Thanks for uh, a lot of really good stuff. Um, City of Lethbridge, should we be concerned about the dangers of uh, water, uh, of water pollution and poison?
1: I think very much so. I've talked to the media here. If anything should go into the water system of Old Man River, we have the potato companies, the sugar beet, the corn companies. You know, I wonder if there's any contaminants that should flow down Old Man River and into their irrigation. And that is why I brought up the map there, because... The Samaritans Irrigation District is used by a lot of people downstream. And and the entry point of possible surface contamination, but also now from extractions coming to the surface. You know, we've got water recreation. We have the cattle industry. We have the dairy industry. We have the uh, uh, agricultural in terms of produce industry, on and on. I think their corporate executives should really start studying this, if their products ever get contaminated. You know, I think they need to also invite these companies and tell them, hey, what's going on? So they're not just hearing it from the Indian, but hearing it from, you know, corporate executive to the corporate executive. Is there any possibility? And to push them to guarantee what your safety measures in case a catastrophe should happen to the Old Man River. Just one note, I'm not going to mention the name here. At our last meeting, a picture was brought in. This fish was caught in the Old Man River, and it had sores or warts on the side of this fish, similar to what you gonna what you have seen on, on the news up north. This fish was caught in the Old Man River. From where, I don't know if there's already contamination, either upstream from Old Man River from the west, you know, but there is something happening to Old Man River. And so my advice here, get your water tested now. Maybe we've lost the case, but I keep praying we have not, that this, there's going to be a definite moratorium on this fracking. Test your water. Have the city test your water. Out there in the country, test your water. Then you will know. And the thing is, what needs to happen, we need a baseline uh, of all the chemicals to look for, you know, so that's my advice right now. Test your water before this thing happens.
2: John McIntyre. Um, a couple things you could touch on, Mike. Uh, you were talking about uh, all the water that was going to be needed, um, however many gallons for per well. Uh, where is this water coming from? And additionally, the material that is taken out with the drilling... Um, where will that be disposed of?
1: And again, I don't mind answering that. The the reply we had at the uh, Bowwood Murphy open house in January that they were going to take the water that they're going to use 20 kilometers off the reserve. We have six or seven major entry points to the Blood Reserve. One is the Saint Mary's Dam uh, Dam Road with those Dam Indians around there. And uh, uh, the Cartston Entry Point, the uh, spring, uh, uh, Hill Spring, two entry points there, the Glenwood Bridge there, the Standoff Bridge, the Healy Bridge, and 509 Bridge to start out of town. Those are the entry points. So I really don't know if they mean right from the edge of the reserve. Right from the edge, it's 20 kilometers or are they saying from the drill site 20 kilometers off the reserve? You know, but that that was their answer. The waste, they also said that they were going to dump it off the reserve. You know, and that's what I'm saying. You know, I'm not the only one in this card game. You know, so if they start dumping in the county of uh, Willow Creek or county of Lethbridge or where have you, I think the county reeves and the village councils, Really should find out who has taken out a water permit to use, and anything from twenty to eighty thousand gallons, you know, per drill hole. That's a lot of water.
3: Mike, thank you, thank you for the clarity of your presentation, for the orderliness of the information that you gave to us. We we appreciate it's in the best of tradition of this. Of uh, what this was program.
0: your name again, please?
3: Gordon Campbell. <laughs> A little bit louder, Gordon. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, the question I want to ask you is, why have, we allowed, why have we allowed this important situation to get this far without feelings of not only agitation in the public, but uh, uprising in the, in, in the rural areas? This is dealing with water and oil, two congenitally important to the people of, of, your, of your reservation. It involves two governments or three levels of, of government. It involves something we must have. And we have a government in Alberta that has got too full of, of regulation and too lacking in enforcement. So we have this serious situation on top of us. Why has this come about to be? Where are the politicians who are up for votes in another couple of months? Where are they listening? Why are they not here? Why are they not listening to the people? Listening to you?
1: Thank you, Gordon. Right now, as as we're all gathered here today, <laughs> like a church, um, there okay. there is a elders' dinner today. A lot of elders over there, and as mentioned by the moderator, Brian from. ERCB was supposed to be the co-presenter. He excused himself with no reason, no rationale. And then going back to this a year ago, January, February, the selected members of Kainai Resources Incorporated were given a BCR to go negotiate this, this oil and gas agreement. From then on, in August, they met out of the country in Kalispell, Montana, and that's where the council passed a re- resolution. A few uh, opposed it, did not even attend a meeting because they already felt something was wrong. The council then passed a resolution to grant them the first uh, step in procedures. And then a second motion made in October 26th for them to give uh, the go ahead. And that's not bringing into question all the other procedural things with Indian oil and gas and ERC, be all these different applications, but... Those two were kind of like the general uh, motions made. And this, this, I have to thank Rebecca. She wrote to uh, uh, Strader Crowfoot. And I'll read it. Um, This is the response she got. And Strader said, no, the chief said that he has consulted with the band members, the elders, etc., etc. And they never did. I don't say because it's white people here, but that was a white lie. <laughs> but now it's a it's a Indian lie. You know, and, and, and so what you read there is the actual correspondence from Strader and the highlight that the blood chief and council have clearly indicated to me that the consultation with band membership is their duty and solely responsibility and is being carried out. It never was. And if they think consultation where you're divided into little groups and you can raise your hand like, you know, boarding school kids, that is not consultation. And when the microphone is grabbed from your hand and then you have to speak without the microphone, that is not true consultation. And get this, those are from our very own people. Doing that. So, like, you think you got it bad in Lethbridge. Our people are telling us to shut up or you're fired.
0: Thanks very much for your presentation. I'm Trevor Page. Um, I'm a little confused. Not by your presentation, but by the information that um, citizens have been given on this. Uh, For those that saw... Uh, That didn't see last night's global news, we had either a U of A or a U of L professor saying that don't worry about this, it's deep fracking, right, it's not going to affect things. Many of you have read the Lethbridge Herald and the coverage of that. I've seen the effects of fracking in rosebud. Hmm. Now, that's really terrible, where you can light your water out of your taps. It's so bad that uh, the the Lethbridge International Film Festival is showing a film, Burning Waters, on this next month. And your question? My question is that have you approached the MLA that's responsible for the reserve. And I ask you the question because for the film that I've just mentioned, we've invited the MLAs for Lethbridge, and they've said, oh, no, 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 it's not our concern. You know, you've got to go to the MLA that covers that area because, you know, um, that's, that's their business to raise this. And I said, no, no way. You know, you can't push this aside because if in Lethbridge East or Lethbridge West, we get burning water coming out of our taps, that is our concern, and it should be your concern. The question to you uh, then, Mike, is the MLA.
1: All right. Uh, let me just go back a bit. That, if it's global, this guy kind of contradicted himself with Laurie Brayrock up front in a second. I don't know if it mentioned it was Lethbridge College because I like to get the name. And this morning, all oh, I was trying to, you know, get that comment. I heard a little bit on, uh, when was it, uh, Tuesday? Tuesday, 11 o'clock. And I have a hard time finding that. So I don't know if that, that little bit has been screened off, you know, their screen. The guy that came on said, yes, the blood band members have a valid and concern. You know, he said that. This geologist, and he mentioned two underground uh, uh, aquifers, and one is the Milk River, Jim, what was it, Milk River? Milk River Sandstone that comes to the blood reserve. He said they have a valid concern. But towards the end, I think he wanted to clear his name. and He said, well, you know, Alberta's economy, you know, the rule of thumb is oil and gas, something along that line, you know. But he made that comment, yes, the band members have a valid concern. Then he contradicted himself. And we're just talking. Last night I came from a meeting from university officials. You know, this conglomerate here, their mission, vision, mandate, you know, could be way on left. Here. They're loyal to that. And we will never hear, us people hear, that they're wrong. They're going to prove us wrong because they got the dollars. Going back to uh, MPs, members of parliament, I had a call. I was uh, at uh, Save-On Foods looking for uh, discount produce. Um, I had a call from Rick Cassen. He called me on my cell. And, Mike, can you, what's going on here? So I started explaining to him, and I told Rick, uh, where'd you get the information? I was briefed that they were only going to frack over existing oil wells and gas wells. I told you gee, that's something new, because if they do are here's the wells and i'll show you really quickly here's these wells that are going right now and i'm downwind from uh, 11 of them are they going to here's the wells are they going to frack here and i asked him what is the danger of something hitting these oil wells or whatever if they're only this deep now he couldn't answer that and he said, I'll call you back. And I told him, I got concerns. I'm riding Lethbridge. You need to talk to your Lethbridge citizens, your district. Then he referred me to Ted Menzies, our MP. Ted Menzies has yet to return my call. And I'll put it on record right now. And if he does, good, you know. Because I've got some hard questions for him. I don't know what kind of briefing he had in Ottawa. From who? It sure wasn't from us. If it's from the oil companies, the parent companies, I don't know. Chief and counsel, Indian affairs, I don't know. But they were briefed, and they were wrongly briefed. You know. So that answered. And it's very frustrating what you're feeling. It's frustrating when. And I went to Casson's uh, uh, constituent office. I wrote down three items. Gave that note to the receptionist. Can you forward these? These are my concerns. I've yet to get a written response.
3: Next questioner, please.
4: Thanks, Mike. I'm Glenda Richards, Tailfeathers. Um, People will see my letters to the editor. My question is, how do regular people do something about this. I've personally written to everybody and anybody. The only response I got was from Cardston Council. Um, Obviously, the Mayor of Leftbridge at this point of time didn't think it was important or the the local members to respond to our letters. How do we get people to respond? What, What else do we need to do?
1: I don't know if we need to stand on our heads, but, you know... We're trying to form a coalition, and a coalition, this is just a sample. It by, might be named uh, Bloodlands Environmental Coalition. We're going to form a society. It seems as though individually, ad hoc group, we're not being taken seriously. But at the same time, I was driving down the road and had a call, and he's here today, and I talked to a resident from Lethbridge, and I, and I said, you know, consciously i if something should happen 10 years from now i tried to say something and if if nobody paid attention then it's not my fault i tried to tell you people and the coalition here is that we're trying to tell people wake up and get your heads out of the sand i can't be any more blatant out without using the fracking word you know <laughs>
0: Your name, please.
4: Uh, Esther Tailfeathers. <clears throat> Thanks, Mike, for that, uh, that um, presentation. It was uh, really informative, and I'm happy to be in the company that I am today. Um, I'm Esther Tailfeathers. Um, the reason why I'm very concerned is I'm uh, one of the health officials... Um, I'm a physician out at uh, Standoff and uh, I've been working on the the blood reserve for 10 years. I am a member of the blood tribe. Um, My concern is about the health of the people on the reserve and the health of the people off reserve because I see both. And uh, we have seen a a definite increase in the number of um, especially men diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer and and, uh, colon cancer in the last five years. Uh, we have a disease uh, that's called scleroderma. In the regular population, it's 14 people in a million, so more or less 14 people in the city of Calgary would have scleroderma. On the blood reserve, it's one in a thousand. We've buried at least one person per year from scleroderma in the last eight to ten years. And um, I just, I'm very concerned because of the cost to people in terms of their health. Uh, I know that water is basically 90% of our body. Um, The other 10% is made up of other things. And the the chemicals that are used in the fracking process are oil or fat-soluble chemicals, which means that your body absorbs those and holds that in your fat cells for a long period of time, which means that once you're exposed to it, it doesn't happen just tomorrow. It may happen 10 years from now that it may trigger something within your body to uh, to start cancers growing. Um we, we um, depend on our water system for our clean water. We depend on water for um, what all of the game and wildlife, our fish, our deer, everything else eats or drinks from that water. So in terms of contamination, we don't know what the widespread uh, story is on, on con- contamination from the water. And uh, I did meet with Murphy Oil about a week and a half ago, and uh, we talked to them about the, the issue of water, and they assured us that the first well that they are going to refrack or redo is uh, well 1521. And they promised that they were only going to use liquid um, pr- um, li- liquid propane for that and not water, but they didn't make any promises about the other wells that they were going to use. Uh, or that they were going to start fracking. They also said that those wells on the north end of the reserve have already been fracked, and they were fracked a long time ago, which was nothing to my knowledge before that. Okay. So there is fracking fluids that have already been Have you a question used. for Mike? My question for Mike is, what are we going to do about... Um, we, we now have interest on of people off the reserve, but we have a um, really difficult time getting people on reserve to speak out. Partly because they're afraid for their jobs, but then there is a class of people there, or a group of people that just aren't saying anything, but they are scared.
1: Well, I'll use myself as an example. I don't know if my if uh, I'll be going back to work soon. You know, uh, I've already been warned. I was directly warned, but uh, yes, I, I I I always thought about the fracking. And again, those, there has never been any consultation on these oil drillings. I still have dead cows, and, and I can't prove it. So right now, the vets said, you know, if they lie down, there's a paralysis. where they die, you know, and we'll do an autopsy. So I'm going to bring in a whole bunch of water to the research station down the river bottom and over here. The vets test my water, you know. And again, I'm downstream. We're like... Uh, excuse my French, the, the butthole of the reserve right now. But we're not going to be the only ones. If there's going to be another layers of wells upstream from standoff or wherever, you know, they're going to go through the same thing. And I'm going to be disputed, ah, you know, your cows are just old. These aren't old cows, you know. But this thing uh, on this right there at the bottom, uh, through this uh, agricultural land resource, Atlas of Alberta, Aquafowler falling. Uh, vulnerability. On the other hand, in an area with high rating contaminated water is predicted to reach aquifers within 10 10 years. You know, something is going to happen between now and 10 years. You know, so now you take health costs and again, like I say, Esther can be your next speaker next week and give you the whole health rundown. You know, the cost of INAC Our hospital bills, our prescription, our surgeries, there's a cost factor to this, that we're going to, you know, they're going to make money, the oil companies, but are they going to pour money into our health health benefits? No. Our health care coverages? No. This is just one area I'm talking about, about water and contamination. But look at all the other things that need to be. There's a bigger picture, you know. I see babies being bathed in water, and they say babies are like sponge. Everything goes through there. There's only so much chlorine you could put in your city waters and the cisterns. The babies start getting skin rash because my granddaughter is getting that right now.
2: Terry Shellington. Mikey, thank you for your presentation and the clarity with which you've delivered it. Um, I heard something very interesting from the ERCB in the last week or two, and I'd like to uh, name that and, and invite you to comment on it. Uh, I was the one who did the negotiations, as you know, with the ERCB, hoping to have uh, their uh, wisdom at this presentation, and the situation is, as the moderator explained it. Um, but he, um, he, he, he was expressed a little mystification as to why people in the city were raising this question. He said, the drilling is only on the reserve. And he said, and I think I'm quoting, we've received virtually no concerns from people on the blood reserve. And so my question is, um, how many people are, are, in, are members of your coalition? And uh, I see blood people here today. Maybe they're all in favor of this except you. I wonder if the ERCB has heard um, from you or from your coalition he implied not.
1: Uh, they have. That's why Brian's not here. Um, and, and Bruce uh, uh, Gladue, all of a sudden, he wanted to meet with us today, who is the Aboriginal liaison, FMI director or coordinator. I don't know if he's in standoff. We told him to be here. So if Bruce is here, you're hearing it from me if you're out there. Um, you know, they have heard, and they've played the dodgeball with us. You know, I have uh, this thing, uh, Steve Smith. I'm waiting for him to respond on my concerns. The coalition right now, quite vocally, there's about 75 speaking out. You know, they got nothing to lose. Then we got a secondary level. They, they're kind of speaking out, but they're scared of who they get fired and their financial security. Then we got a third group, just in straight fear. So I can honestly say right now, I think I'm speaking for about 70% of the reserve, and I'm only one. Esther's one. There's a whole bunch of coalition people sitting in the, in the midst of us and three tribal counselors. So we have support from three tribal counselors who will give you another perspective because they're almost physically having it out in council chambers. There is a dispute right at that level. They've contacted lawyers so if ERC are saying they have not heard nothing, well, I think we're going to pour it on today. They're going to hear from us. The, um, the um, meeting is going to adjourn with this last question.
0: Your last question, please.
5: Hi, good afternoon, uh, Michael Frank and Baby Orion from the Blood Reserve. So two points I think that need to be quite clear for the audience, and then I'll ask a brief question here. The ERCB is a self-regulating body. Okay, The point is that companies, oil companies, are responsible to self-declare any inconsistencies or non-compliance issues. You have to look at the track record of the company is what I'm getting at. The ERCB does not have regulators in the field at every oil well. There's approximately four for Southern Alberta. The reason why I know this is that I was the provincial liaison for ExxonMobil, for Alberta, and knowing public consultation guidelines, solid. What I'd like to add to the audience is also that what was presented to the Blood Tribe at the two community events does not meet the adequate consultation guidelines. So there's a lot of lies going around, and they're not in this room. So here's my question. Mike, when you're getting the heat, Mm -hmm. call us. Okay, yeah. we're here, but I would just like to say, what are the fa- what are the challenges that you personally are going to go through? I, I think the audience needs to know what what how hard it is at your job, the family pressures. You know, could you expand on that a little bit more?
1: Well, I guess uh, I like to think that I've got more than half of my family clans, both side, mother father side, that are are supporting me. And I know immediate family there's a few that aren't, and then there's probably a whole bunch. I was given a notice that a lady called in from the blood reserve why I was trying to stop economic development, why I was teaching the children all the wrong things. I'm not in the classroom anymore. I have not come into a classroom, middle school, high school. I have not talked to the children because I knew it was going to get political, and I've hardly talked to to fellow colleagues, you know, that I I teach within all the schools, the four schools, and uh, yeah, that was a good question. Uh, Last night, I went home. Well, I actually had supper at the lodge, and just kind of reflecting, do I cancel today or go with it? I thought about it, thought about it, and figured, heck, I want to go with it you know. I I cannot live I am not going to be dictated by fear where my job is held over me like uh, what's that guy's name Johnny Paycheck would say take this job and shove it. <laughs> I, I'm going to take a hard stance and, and I'll battle with them legally. I, I got a lot of support. My uh, family is behind me. If they were to say my uh, I guess uh, immediate family, my son, my daughter, you know dad, you know, you know walk away, I would, but they didn't. you know. Um, and there's a lot of people like right there that sitting in fear, and there're probably some looking out the door right now and their surveyors started surveying December. You know, wanting to say something about fear. You know, my job, my job, my job. The thing that I wanted to respond to is this concern here that I have, and that needs to be really number seven. Kainai Resources Incorporated are both regulators and investors. How can you buy shares into those two companies And you're supposed to be the watchdog in case something leaks out or explodes. Are you gonna sue yourself? That is a fundamental question that I have that is absolutely wrong. You know, how can you be a member of KRI and you bought shares into this company and you're gonna be overseeing over their shoulder if they do anything wrong? You know, they're not gonna report themselves. That is totally wrong. And that is the bottom line why I came here. I just want the truth, you know. And I've yet to hear the truth from September. You know, anything going to happen or water. They got this mile-high environmental assessment here, but it doesn't state if anything should go wrong, what they will do, what's going to happen. Very superficial, very inadequate, you know. So I will close off and... Uh, I'm not the only one here, and and this morning, last night, I said a prayer, prayed, uh, if I could just end on two minutes, 1981, and I keep going back to them, four elders, uh, Laurie Plum, uh, Mark Oldshoes, Dan Weaselmoccasin, Pete Weasel I was the interpreter and negotiator to put the rights of Canada in the new Repatriation Act of Canada, section 24, 26 now, From the Old British North America Act, Section 91.24, we were at the House of Lords, and one thing they did talk about was oil and water, and the minerals. That that water sin now than oil. That water is more king than oil, and I think that's where I got the strength to be here today. So thank you.